0: This week, my guest is Adele Winsett, and we will be covering women's hormonal health and what that really means, how to own your truth, and what happens when you stand your ground. Adele has an immense passion for working with women and empowering them to find simple, effective, and natural health solutions that work for them. This passion was born from her own personal experience. While working to help relieve trauma amongst women in the youth justice system, Adele's health began to suffer and she was diagnosed with chronic induced fatigue. She researched endlessly to find natural solutions and the rest, as they say, was history, or in this case, herstory. Adele is real, hilarious, and committed to changing the world for girls and women everywhere. I love her and I know you will too. So grab a cup of something delicious and join us as we follow the nudge because you never know where it may lead. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you for joining me on The Nudge with Kia Eileen. Today, I have a great friend, uh, Adele Wimsett, who is joining us here today. I mean, typically, whenever Adele and I get together, we just giggle and laugh. And basically, you know, there's just lots of fire and passion in our conversations. And so I'm just really looking forward to sharing Adele and her message with you today. So without further ado, welcome Adele. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's a pleasure
1: to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh,
0: so excited. I've been so excited about today. Um, And, you know, as many, many of you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts before, I like to just start before we do anything by having three deep breaths, by taking three deep breaths into our heart to bring us into heart-to-heart resonance, uh, to really open the flow of conversation. Um, And so let's start by taking just a, a deep breath into our heart. Ah, And then release. Deep, deep breath into the heart space, going down into the belly. And then a really deep breath into the belly, heart, belly, and into the back. Hmm. Oh, that's so nice.
1: That feels good.
0: Yeah, that feels good. We're in the room. We are in the room. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Welcome, Adele. Um I mean Adele and I have known each other for a few years and just the work that we do uh separately really kind of just has this wonderful synergy so you know we've had many 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 conversations about um health women's health you know holistic health and things of that nature so i thought really it was going to be a great um a great uh asset to have adele on the nudge today so um for those people who don't know you adele um, i know that your work is really centered around women's health and well-being. Um, you know, what area what area in particular do you focus on?
1: Yeah, so it's quite interesting because I have um, a really strong belief that your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So the, the, who you are, it brings the kind of clients to you that you, you can truly work with. Um, and what I found is, Um, over time the women that I attract are women who are experiencing significant imbalance and that can manifest and present in different ways so as opposed to me saying I deal with say IBS type symptoms or just um menopause for example actually what I find is the women come when things have got really quite out of balance and that can express itself in a variety of ways so that is always usually that's a good always usually a hormone imbalance okay Mm -hmm. so there's something going on there and when we say hormones we quite often just think of our sexual reproductive hormones but actually it's much wider than that so we're looking at cortisol the stress hormone we're looking at adrenaline we're looking at insulin with our sugar spiking so as well as our reproductive health so that comes in and that can manifest differently. So I see a lot of women for fertility. I do see, see women through perimenopause and menopause, but also a lot around anxiety. Mm. Um, and I've been fortunate enough that I've never suffered with depression as such. But when I know life has gone out of balance for me in the past, I felt the anxiety gremlin kick in. So I have that real empathy and understanding around how to be able to manage that. So they tend to be the women that, that find me Um, that we work together on. So yeah, yeah, not necessarily a specific symptom, but just life has gone out of balance. And that is manifesting in some way in their life, emotionally or physically.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, out of balance. And, and I don't know if you find this, that a lot of people, you know, feel that their life is in balance, you know, they're kind of going about their daily lives until something happens something happens and, and what's been your experience around that kind of something that happens?
1: It's really interesting because, um, there's a lot that, that, as I'm as I'm listening to you, that comes up around how different women are to men. Okay, mm-hmm. that comes up. So, I am really unapologetic about the fact that we have an energetic body as well as a physical body. Right? Science has proved it. We vibrate. That's it. Non-negotiable. For me,
0: okay? So, what we non-negotiable have... people, non-negotiable. <laughs> so what we have is
1: we pick up all this stuff, right? We pick up mm. other people's stuff, our emotions, life past trauma all these things relationships they they affect our energy right but and that's for men and women I believe but women we cycle whether you have a womb or not whether you are still bleeding or not whether you're using synthetic hormones or not we are cyclical beings our energy is different to men's because they are linear and what I mean by that is that men can go 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 do 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 right and it takes them a lot longer to tire from that relentlessness. Whereas for women, we feel it. We are meant to be super women a couple of weeks of the month. And the other time, we're meant to be slower, more reflective, more intuitive. But we live in a masculine world, right? These are quite often where our conversations go, Kea, Yeah, Yes, absolutely. So we live, we live <laughs> in this masculine world that is just action-packed action driven Mm. and that what that means is we're trying to constantly keep up with that pace okay it doesn't allow for the feminine part of our energy to be slower to slow down so we layer and layer this depletion but because the world is so noisy and we're always in our heads overthinking analyzing the relentless white noise of our never-ending to-do list is go 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 do 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 we don't hear the whispers when things are going out of balance okay so when our body we might start to feel aches and pains we might start to realize that our sleep quality isn't quite so good but we're not listening to it right because we've got too much to do to sit down and honor that and then suddenly we hit a wall Mm -hmm. okay suddenly we're in a place where we go i suddenly started having panic attacks right it probably wasn't sudden Mm -hmm. but we just didn't hear the whisper Mm -hmm okay, of our body trying to tell us something was getting out of balance. Our periods might suddenly um, become really irregular, Mm. okay? There's something wrong in our body. We might suddenly start feeling like we're having an intolerance to a certain type of food or having like IBS type symptoms. We might suddenly start getting migraines because we didn't listen to the dull ache and tension in the back of our neck. So, that, that is the kind of thing.
0: Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I mean, you know, even in my own personal experience, um, you know, I, I'm a coach and, and a therapist now, but, you know, I used to practice law and I used to, you know, um, you know, work in, work in the corporate world. And it was only after a series of anxiety attacks, panic attacks, where I kind of took that step back and said, I think there's something else. There's something else. I need to start listening to my body, and and it was in that process that I I sort of found this body of work um, that I'm now involved in, and 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 you know exactly as you're describing it, you know I wasn't listening to the signs, I wasn't seeing you know the the sleeplessness or anything else until there was that pivotal event where I was going. <gasps> Oh God, you know, what is this? Am I having a heart attack? Oh no, it's a panic attack. And then that made me stop and listen. So I I I hear you and I do believe that our bodies are always giving us the signals and the signs, but we've tuned ourselves out of actually listening to them, you know. Absolutely. So um
1: and it's interesting because you sharing your story there, you know, like you, this wasn't always what I did. Um, mm. You know, I've always I was going to come to
0: that, little, that little, next. Yes. Sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry. I'm jumping ahead.
0: Uh, that's um, okay. That's perfect. That's perfect. So, you know, so you've not always been involved in this particular, you know, this particular area of interest. How did you come to it?
1: Well, it's quite interesting because the more I reflect on my journey, the, the content of my day-to-day stuff has changed quite dramatically but my value base throughout it hasn't. So my background, I spent 20 years working in the youth justice sector um, and I was on the senior management team for the children's probation service locally for some years. Um, but my, my area of spe- specialism was with female offenders. You know, I, st- I wrote my dissertation on young women offending and a lot of trauma and I actually won an award for that and became quite addicted to working with young women and because they were in trauma. But the vast majority of the experience a lot. So I wrote um, girls' groups for the home office and I worked with young women mm-hmm. in that way. That was always where I felt my calling was with that very complex, um, but being able to create a space that was safe for them and may have been the first safe space that they'd ever had. Um, so when I, I then had um, my second baby, my second daughter, and uh, seven months pregnant, I caught glandular fever. But I hadn't listened to the whispers, okay? So before that, I was like, this isn't feeling right anymore. But I just blocked them, all right? Because the thought of changing it all felt too big. I was in a safe nine to five. I had my career path mapped out. It's what I did my degree for. Like, you know, this is what i meant to do. You know, it's to, what, how on earth do I change it? But interestingly, um, about 15 years ago, my cycle had been out of sync. And someone had suggested to me, to have some reflexology to bring it back into balance and I thought really had but I'm open minded had it done and it was amazing so because the energy I was in and out of prisons quite a lot courts police stations that it's quite toxic energy right so started to I qualified to be a reflexologist I learned batch flower essences was a reiki master just and it, it was my hobby it was the things I really enjoyed doing and I was doing more and more and more of this stuff at the weekends and in the evenings um, until the point that I just thought when I got ill, um, it was the natural route that healed me. It was working Mm. with an amazing naturopath. It was my diet. It was my herbal supplementation when actually conventionally they said, there's nothing we can do for you. You're probably going to end up in a wheelchair. (laughs) That's not an option for me right now. I've got two little girls. I've got this career, you know, so I had to get better. Um, doing my own research which I'm a massive geek I love evidence-based um, practice so, um, went, went along this route until I just said to my husband, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to set up my own practice. And he sort of said, Okay, you know, he's very earth sign, I'm fire. He was like, Yeah, that's fine, you know, give us a year, we'll save, I'll convert the garage. Three weeks later, like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? What yeah, I was like, the his face.
0: What have you done? What have you done?
1: I just had to believe. I just knew. I said, he's like, what's the plan? I said, there isn't one. But I just know, I know
0: it's all going to be okay. And so this, this is where Adele and I really start vibing because I did something very, very similar. Just sort of came home and said, I've quit my job. Uh, Oh my God. What's the plan? plan? I don't know. But it was all about the nudge, right? It was all about the nudge. So what was it for you? What was that moment when you said, was there a feeling or did some thought drop in where you just said, I've got to, I've got to do this. There is no plan, but I have to do this. What was that, what was that like for you?
1: It was this overwhelming certainty. It was just Mm. a sense, okay, of knowing it was going to be okay. I just knew, which was crazy because I earned a lot of money, right? Mm. That significantly impacted our family's income and lifestyle. And I just, every time I closed my eyes and connected with the feeling of setting the harmonize you up, it felt right. I just knew, and it wasn't uh, really excitable, like yeah. It, it, which there has been parts of it that really were, but it wasn't overwhelm, it, it was just this is what I'm meant to be doing, and it was unshakable. And even my husband's had so much fear come up, you know, and th- that brought up a um, holding space for him because suddenly we'd always had this equal relationship financially. And suddenly it was all on him and the sense of responsibility that I felt with that. But actually what that has done over time is bring a lot more quality into our relationship. Because as I've set up the business, he's had to get more domestically involved. You know, he's had to to step up and do that for us to have that balance. Don't get me wrong. It's a work in progress. And we continue to do that tango.
0: Absolutely. Compared
1: to where we were four years ago, it's brought that in. And all the way through, not once have I doubted whether it was the right decision. Even when I had made like forty pounds one month, you know yeah. that that's where I started, and I had to take it back to when I started my old my last career. I started volunteering for a year. You know that's yeah. how I started. Um, yeah. so I didn't earn anything, and then I got. Sessional work, which was £10 an hour on a Saturday morning. And it, you know, it built up Um, and yeah, it was worth it.
0: And I love that. And I love, I'd like to reflect on that. You know, you said it was just this knowing that Mm. was unshakable. Mm. And I think, you know, if people are sort of feeling this, you know, this kind of thing, it's like, you know, gosh, I can't get this out of my mind. There's this knowing that I have this, that it's going to be okay. It's mm. going to be okay. And and as you were saying, you know, you were going from, you know, a high income to to no income, mm. but you just knew that it mm. was going to be okay. And I think it's important for people to, you know, when they see people who are successful and they're running their own business, they think, oh, you know, maybe she had it easy. Oh, you know, absolutely I, I get a lot, I get a lot, you know, when people say to me, "Oh, well, you have a husband that also worked, and so it must have been easier for you." And I'm like, well, that's just not true. You mm. know, we had a certain lifestyle and we had a two income home and 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 I had to make this work. And I love that. you just kept going, right? Mm. Um, and so you know you had this sense of knowing and and something very interesting also that you said it had to it rebalanced your relationship as well, absolutely it rebalanced your relationship. Was that easy? no, (laughs) no, no,
1: it absolutely wasn't. And don't get me wrong. Like this is something I find myself as a woman saying, like, I'm like, my husband's so great. You know, he really helps out around the house. He really gets involved with the kids. My husband, uh, when he goes to work, I say, do you go to work? I say, my wife's so good. She gets involved with the kids. She really helps out around the house. I'm like, why, why do I feel like I have to say you're a good husband because you do that, you know, like it's your house, they're your kids. Yeah. But this is, you know, I've got a strong feminist value base. I love men, right? But I believe in equality. And yet I'm still having these bites in my home and having to raise this stuff. Now, yes, I am very fortunate I have a man that is open to hearing that stuff, right? Mm. We can communicate. Sometimes it's fire. And then we have the chill and we yeah. reflect on it. Yeah. Um, but it has taken, at times, a relentlessness of me keep saying, holding that mirror up. Wait, i minute. Yeah. there. Why is this coming to me? Why is this falling to me? You know, and having to have that dialogue and having to have that conversation. And I hear there's so many, I believe true feminine empowerment comes when we remove our masks. Okay. As women, we are so often um, historically, energetically, I believe that's in our DNA and culturally, we're told generally to suppress our voice. Okay. But there is a general sense that Women's voice is not as equally valid as men. Now, people would challenge me on that, but I feel like that is quite a significant factor. And we tend to bury our needs right at the bottom of the pile, right? Everyone else comes first, and then our needs are somewhere buried down there, okay? And we're often too knackered to then bother about bringing them up to the surface. So we're going to have this thing, like the creative thing that lights us up and brings us joy, but we're so scared of saying, this is what I need, This is what I want. We always go, oh, when the kids have or when that's done or there's always something in the future that would stick things off to, to step into that place of removing the mask and saying, this is me you know it could be that you're an incredible artist or you know even like you we're doing the podcast which I know is just so inspiring and saying this is me it takes vulnerability you know for us as women to step out we're so scared of judgment we're so scared that someone won't like us we're so scared that if we stand in that school playground and we're the weird one which is me and we stand there (laughs) and go oh my God, my kid's going to be invited on the playground. All this judgment stuff that bombards us, it stops us shining our light. And what we need to do is shine it brighter so our tribe can find us. The more we can step into that power, the more we empower other women and free them to say, this is me too, Mm. you know? That's how I feel. Oh my gosh, (laughs) oh my gosh. I love that. And that's what I want for every woman who, who comes to me. So strip those masks back and let me see you i oh want to see
0: you you hear that you hear that people follow the nudge take your masks off show up shine your light find your tribe right yeah you know, um i had a coach say to me you know who who cares you know who cares you know just go and do your thing people are going to talk about you right She was like if you're afraid of judgment people are going to talk about you anyway yeah. even if you're not doing the thing that you really want to do. So you might as well do so the thing true. that you really want to do and let those people talk about you because it's just not going to matter, right? You know, take off the masks, follow your light, you know, find your light, shine your light so that people can find you. I think that's so important. And I, and I do, gosh, I really agree with you, you know, and a lot of, you know, my work and I know your or your work as well, helping, you know, people, clients find their voice, mm. find their authentic True voice, Mm -hmm. and I don't like to use the word authentic. I think sometimes, and especially in this field, it's overused. But Mm -hmm. you know, finding that voice that is true to them, you know, finding that light that is true to them, um, is really important. And that's why I wanted to to start the nudge. You know, because for me, it was you know those little signals and signs that I started following, and the more I started following them, the more my life opened up. And and you know, and listening to you, you know, you followed those signs, and like you said, that unshakable feeling that you you were. You wanted to do something. You wanted to do something impactful um, is really, really important. Um, And so have you had experiences, I know I have, where you haven't followed that unshakable feeling, where you haven't followed the nudge, where (sighs) you maybe talked yourself out of it?
1: Do you know what? When I look back, I was very fortunate that I had a career that I loved. I absolutely love what I did. Um, I've been very fortunate. I'm, I'm a very value-based person. Not some, that doesn't mean I'm somebody who sits up in a moral high horse looking down at everybody else. It's that I know what my values are. Say for example, like integrity, you know, that authenticity, that transparency um, and justice, they're massive values for me personally. And so I've always been fortunate that my career, you know, when I was younger, I thought it just kind of all fell into place. I was very lucky, but I believe it was all just lined up for me at the right time now. Um, and so I did that. But when I first qualified to be a reflexologist, um, I remember going, I'm going to set my business up. This is what I was going to do, which was 15 years ago. Um, And I remember going to see my family GP who'd known me since I was a kid. And he went, Adele, you'll be so bored doing that. And it stuck in my head. And I thought, yeah, you know what, you're right maybe I would be bored, you know, and I talked myself out of it. Wow. And I, but I then continued with my career and I had a great time for the most part of it. It wasn't like, a regret, I like, thought, God, why did not I do this, that, then, but it did happen. And it shows, you know, I, yes, I was younger and more vulnerable to, to other people's opinions, perhaps than I certainly would be now. But have I looked back? I can't, can, I, I would honestly say, I have looked back and gone, God, if I'd started this, then mm-hmm. if I just had that, bravery and courage to to go then instead of that fear. But perhaps that was a message that I wasn't ready, you know, and perhaps it wouldn't have evolved into what it has now because I was in very different circumstances then. And, you know, as much as my husband's driven me potty at times with it, you know, he's had my back, you know, it's been there and I, I was in a position to be able to do that. So, but other than that, no, I've been really lucky. I've, I grew up with a weird mum, right? She's energetic. (laughs) She teaches, she gets all this stuff. She brought me up around the cycles of the earth and the moon and energy. So I've always been quite aware of trusting my intuition with Mm, things mm. um, and being able to, to take that path and be, yeah, standing in that, being able to stand in that. So fortunately, there's not, in terms of my career,
0: uh-huh. certainly
1: not things that I regret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go down that route.
0: <laughs> I was like, "Oh, should I push? Should Where's I push?" You going with
1: that? You're welcome
0: to. It could be quite a long podcast. Eh? We could always do a part. We could always do a part two. Um, <laughs> so I mean, because I I know you know for me you know I know. And and like you, you know, being talked out of things because you weren't really sure, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, along with my law degree at the same time, I wanted to study to get my PhD in, in clinical psychology. And I was talked out of that and then kind of, you know, full circle, come full circle and, you know, I've ended up doing, doing this kind of work and, and, mm-hmm. and I absolutely love it. So I was like, hmm, maybe like you, maybe I wasn't ready at that time, but I think, you know, not listening to those nudges then kind of mm. reinforces it when it comes back around again because mm. it's that thing that you knew you were interested in but maybe you were talked out of it and it just became stronger when it came around mm. the second time so you know i think it's it's an interesting uh, point uh, to kind of make that you know the thing that's meant for you even if you don't kind of grab a hold of it initially it will come back around it will come yeah. back to you if it's if and it'll get stronger. And it'll get stronger if it's really yeah. meant to you. Um, and so um, so if we're if you know people are listening, they're talking about that nudge, and I and I love that you've also mentioned the space of of vulnerability as well. You know, vulnerability is is a It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Mm. Um, you know, being open, allowing yourself, you know, laying yourself bare saying, this is me. What did you have to do to get your space, yourself into a space of feeling safe in vulnerability?
1: It's a really good question because, um, vulnerability for me is a word that I've really struggled with. Um, because it, it was a word, um, that I associated with weakness in my head. No one likes feeling vulnerable, right? It made me feel, it took me back to childhood experiences and it was all like, oh, I didn't really want that, you know, I didn't, I didn't like that feeling. I didn't yeah. want to be a vulnerable child. I didn't yeah. want to have that stuff. So what, what does vulnerability really mean to me? And what I've learned is that there is huge courage and empowerment in vulnerability.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: and for me, it was having to, really know what I stood for. Because I believe if you, if you come from that, this is who I am and I come from a good heart, like anything I share or I do comes from a place of wanting to make other women feel better, right? That, that is the only place I'm coming from. So I'm never going to be everyone's cup of tea and I'm good with that. I'm really good with that, um, but I have never—I would never do something to intentionally offend or cause harm. So therefore, I know if something's being triggered, that I'm so. Sh- firm in the place that I was coming from with it that I'd be really open to dialogue about it mm. but it's probably not going to shake the place that I was in because I mm. know what I stand mm-hmm. for that came from having to do a lot of work um, on myself and knowing myself particularly um after I'd had my second baby and I was going through this um you know as a mom, I suddenly got to the point where I thought, I don't even know what clothes I like wearing anymore. You know, mm. it was like, I I've kind of lost myself in this sleep, this diagnosis that I'd had, this chronic fatigue, like a job I didn't want to do anymore. It's like, but what do I do with this? And my baby was probably about five or six months old. And I remember going for a walk in the bluebell woods and she was in a pram and we sat and I laid her in the bluebells, and she just slept. And I sat and I wrote and I had these, I love notebooks and I just put myself at the center and I was like, what are my values? What are my beliefs? What do I care? What inspires me? What lights me up? What makes me feel good? And it just went from there. And it was like stepping into that and I'd have it up. And I'd have my vision boards by my bed and I would do a lot of, um, ritual work actually using the moon's energy to be able to bring in what i wanted to release what i wanted to manifest what i wanted and just keep that work i truly believe if you're working in this field You have to keep working on yourself. Okay, Mm. it's a continuous process of personal growth and development, which I admit I am a bit of a junkie of. But I love it. (laughs) I love that investigative work into myself. Um, so I think you've got if you're putting yourself out there. The first time I did a live, I literally had a panic attack. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing?" (laughs) Then I had a massive coughing fit in the middle of it. I had to stop it, come back. Me and technology aren't friends anyway. But I was on there, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was so scary." And I thought, "Gosh, you know, I'm a confident woman." And I found that really vulnerable because I'm going on here and saying, "Who this is me. And I remember the first time I publicly put on my page stuff that I was only going to be working with women. And I had quite specific, when I first started, I wasn't. And then I was getting experiences that were making me go, no that I, I'm only working with women. Um, but it, I felt really vulnerable putting that out there because I felt like I was going to be really judged for it, that I was going to be challenged. And I wasn't. And actually then the doors opened and then all the women came because I stepped into who I was and what I was meant to be doing. It was like, wow. But then I think it's like almost like the universe tests you. And you, sort of, you just think, yes, I'm there. I've got this. And suddenly you get a challenge. And I was really challenged by quite an aggressive man Um, about why I didn't work with men Mm. and I stood really firm and strong in it and I knew my reasons and for me it's like no one challenges a reflexologist who chooses to work in pain management Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I get challenged because of working with women I'm really good at it I love it it's what I'm here to do that is my thing and that's fine I don't anyone else is doing that's cool but this is my thing this is what I do. Um, but had that test come at me at the start, I'd have probably broken. Mm. I've gone, oh, no, no, no. I've got to please everybody. And I remember sitting at my breakfast bar and going, when I set the business up, like, okay, who, who do I need to be? And I was like, wow, that's a powerful thought. I need to be me. That's exactly. who I need to be. And the more I can be that the more genuine my practice is going to be, the yeah. more um, effective the treatment or whatever work or the events or whatever it is that I'm doing is going to be real Yeah, and that's going to bring the right people.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, really, really powerful words, you know, when you show up in a space of vulnerability, um, you know, and have to kind of stand up and say, this is me, it can feel really, really scary. But if you stand firm in that, you know, there's a lot of people who are afraid of of putting themselves out there, you know, maybe they have a business doing a live or just, just kind of saying, you know, hello, this is me. But something happens when you step through that fear. When you step through, even if you're terrified and you get to the other side and you actually take a look back and say, I did that, it dissolves. It just dissolves. Absolutely. And the opportunities that open up on the other side are immeasurable. Things that you yeah. may not have even anticipated are happening, start to happen yeah. just because you step through that fear. And I think that's really important to, to, to kind of highlight. Thank you very much for sharing that.
1: I also think there comes a point when the situation you are in becomes so untenable or unbearable, mm. uh, by, by how it affects your life, mm. that you have no choice but to jump mm. into your vulnerability and say, "This isn't me anymore." Yeah, and and yeah. um, because it's like I just can't do this. I yeah. cannot continue
0: to live this way anymore. I've got I've got to change. And and I think there's something you know, Brene Brown. You know, her whole. Oh, yes. Her, adore her. Yeah. Uh, her whole body of girl work. Girl I, I totally, totally, totally girl crushing. Um, you know, her whole body of work is around you know the space of vulnerability. And there is something that I believe quite magical that happens when you know, as you mentioned, you know, we're expected to be super women, right? We're expected to be strong. Mm-hmm. We're expected not to break down. We're expected to have all of the answers. Mm-hmm. And then something happens, you know, in relationship, you know with a partner or with friends, when you take a step back and say, you know, I I don't have this, I don't got this, right? You know, Mm -hmm. normally I got this. It's like, you know, actually I don't have this. Actually, I need a little bit of help or I need some support. Mm -hmm. I find that that also opens up the door for other people to show Mm -hmm. up differently because you're showing up differently. So I believe Mm -hmm. that vulnerability is is quite a magical space Mm -hmm. to open up. Um, And it actually brings us, you know, more in touch with the humanity you know our human mm. our human side mm. um and so i love vulnerability you know and and mm. but but you know surrounding yourself with the people that you feel safe enough to be vulnerable exactly
1: that that's what i would say and it's quite interesting um because of my background i used to run the um, freedom program for women who um were victims of domestic abuse uh, and that's a massive, passionate area of mine, area I'm really passionate about. And I would say, you know, that would be the caveat. I would put to that statement, mm-hmm. you know, be vulnerable,
0: mm-hmm. but make
1: sure you're in a safe, non-abusive relationship. And that, that doesn't have to be partner to partner. You know, that could be mother to daughter. That yep. could be sister to sister. That can be friend to friend. Friend to friends, exactly. and, if, and if you find a space, I think as women, we hold on to far too many toxic relationships, mm. okay? And, and we feel like, yeah, we feel like oh, people go, oh, but they're your sister. So what? like you know what if someone is harming you mm. and causing you are leaving and every time you're really upset you're going in you're feeling panicky seeing them or you've got them in your diary and you're dreading saying why are you still seeing them <laughs> you know you don't need to see these people we hold on to friendships from our childhood where we've got nothing in common with anyone we tick a box you know it goes. Why? It's fine. I have this train journey theory of life, right? We're the only ones getting on at the first stop and we're the only ones getting on at the last. And there are going to be all these people that come in and are part of your journey, some for longer than others. And we will learn something from all of those relationships. But they don't have to be on with us all of the time. We outgrow relationships because we grow and that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to hold on to it all. Yeah. You know, have I would rather have a handful of really full feeling female friendships that mm. I can just pick the phone up and go straight into a rant, you know, or just go straight into hysterical laughter. I don't have to go, how's that thing? How are they? How are the kids? How? Yeah. This whole thing that we have to do or feel yeah. like we have to do, just being able to go straight in there and know where each other is at. Yeah. Instead of these all diluted many relationships.
0: And you're totally right. You know, we don't have to hold on to these relationships, but a lot of times we do. You know, we get centered in the shoulds, you know, I should do this or I I should do that. Um, and you know, giving ourselves the permission to say, you know, I don't really need to do this. You know, I can show up as me. I don't have to show up as anyone else for anyone else, other than than just than just me and who I'd like to be, um, you know, I'd love to actually have you back on to discuss, you talked about something, you touched on something earlier about, you know, um, cycling with the moon and the moon cycles mm. and things like that. And, and, you know, I, I know that both of us, you know, kind of use the moon in, in our, in our mm. daily lives and I'd love to, to have you on separately. Oh, um, yes, let's do it. So, so part two about, you know, yeah. How we cycle with the moon and, and the yeah. power that comes yes. to be able to cycle in the moon. Yes, oh, I cannot wait for that. Um, yeah, but if you you know if you were you know people who are listening today, we're talking about you know women's health and well being and listening to those signs and intuition showing up in vulnerability, um, you know, shining your light, all of those things. If there were some actionable steps that, you know, listeners could take away from today's podcast about, you know, how to maybe step out into, in the space of vulnerability or how to be more, you know, authentic to their voice or any of that, you know, what would you recommend?
1: So I think probably first and foremost, given what we've just been talking about, review your relationships. You know, if there are ones that are not serving you anymore, it's okay to let go. It doesn't have to be a great big argument. You know, we're taught not to like conflict, right? Yeah. As women, we don't do conflict very well. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting, finding our voice. Yeah, that's and, You know, but, but it can be done really gently and beautifully. And just, you know, mm. don't hold on to those relationships that are no longer serving you just because you feel like you should. I think sexual, just say no. You know, that is one of the things I work with women on. What in your life feels really simple to say, no, I'm not spending my time anymore. I'm not, that's not serving me. I'm going to say no to it. Um, And I think the third thing that I teach my clients to do is I'm a massive doTERRA advocate Mm. and I use the oils in everything that I do. So it's just grab an oil, put it in your hands. If you don't have an oil, just stop and breathe. Even if you have to lock yourself in a toilet. Just to get away, just spend one minute breathing. And that will take your brain out of fight or flight. And for one minute, you are safe. You've got that diaphragmatic breathing. And that means that your reproductive can work properly or the hormones slow down. Your digestive system works properly. Everything slows down. And it's for them. Everything slows down nice and calmly. And your body goes, oh, for one minute, I'm safe. And just put those little resets in. Set a little ding on your phone every couple of hours. Just to slow down and check in and say, yeah. "How am I feeling right now?"
0: How often do we ask ourselves that? You know, um, and I love that. You know, review your relationships. Just say no. Slow down. Take a breath. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, we are in unprecedented times, right? You know, it's a it's an unusual time in, in our mm. lives. Um, and I and a lot of I feel is is what what's happening right now is about that slowing down is about that, it's about taking a breath, it's about reviewing relationships, reviewing what's happening in our lives, who is important, what is important to us. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot, I know that there's a lot of difficulty out there, but there's also a lot of, you know, gratitude, I think, in that we can share in this space about where we are right now. What has this time meant for you and your family? Yeah, so the first three weeks of this
1: were like paradise, right? My husband's at home, we've got the kids, like everything's really equal, balanced, this is lovely. In my head, I was still at that point where I'm like, this is not going to be that long, right? You know, we're going to have a few weeks of this and then life's going to go back to normal. Then my husband went to work and I was like, oh my God, this just got real. You know, I've got two small children who both need homeschooling in different ways. I've got a business to run. Like what on earth, how am I going to cope with this? Um, so over time, I've had to put in strategies for me and mm. having that dialogue with my husband. But I feel like for us as a family, we get on really well. You know, we've had some really nice time together. It's been quite beautiful um, for most of it. Um But I feel like generally for me and for a lot of women that I'm communicating with and having quite open dialogue with about this time, yes, I believe women are really struggling at this time, particularly if they've got young children at home. We're meant to be connecting, right? That's what women do. We connect. And that's been really taken away from us as a support strategy and coping mechanism. But I believe we're in a chrysalis. At the beginning of this, I felt like this caterpillar that was coming into the chrysalis I have got no idea what type of butterfly I am emerging from it, but I'm feeling the shifts. I'm feeling the change. I can, I feel like a different person to Mm. who entered this, but until I'm out in the real world again, I'm not entirely sure how that's going to play out. Um, but I really feel like I've sunk deeper into my truth, Mm. deeper into my identity of working with the feminine. I feel really Power, empowered around that. And I felt like I did before, but it's something deep, a deep, some deep processing has gone on for me. And I feel really excited about what it's going to look like.
0: I totally agree. I totally mm. agree with you. There is something really powerful happening. Mm. Um, you know, in the world, um, you know, and you know, collectively, what I see happening in the you know, with clients and with friends, there is something interesting and powerful Mm. going on. And I I can't wait to see what happens, you know, like you said, on the other side of this.
1: Yeah. And I think how many times have you heard a woman say, I just don't have any time, I wish I had more time. I don't think I've ever heard a woman, myself included, not say that, right? You and me had this battle we have the finally, all the time, right? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, hi, hello, time. I'm not yeah. quite sure I'm, like, you know, we were like caged animals at the start, like bouncing in between yeah. rooms, looking for stuff to do. My husband was like, I'm going to start breaking stuff, seeing just so I can fix it. You know, we're not used to not doing anything. Yeah. We're not used to just when,
0: being still. The stillness, the stillness, and, and yeah.
1: And that I I feel like I don't want my life to go back to how it was, but also I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to stop it. I don't want to get back on that hamster wheel that I can't get off. And so taking this time to come back
0: to what do I want to be doing with my time, you Mm -hmm. know? So powerful. You know, we get to choose, right? We get to choose. And wouldn't it be amazing if we all emerge from this saying, I'm going to be, you know, really precious with my time. How I spend my time, how I spend my time with my family, my friends, what I'm inviting in, um, and letting those things go, as you said, and calling in those different things, you know, that are that are true to us. Ah, this has been so, so magical, Adele. So magical.
1: Thank you for having Um, me. I could talk to you all
0: day. Oh my gosh, we could definitely do this all day. I think we have done this all day (laughs) on a few occasions. So now if people want to know more about your work, if they want to get in contact with you, if they have any questions, how can they contact you?
1: So the best place is to find me um, on Facebook harmonize you i'm also on instagram but i share a lot about the women's cycling and hormones and women's health in general through my facebook page if you want to know about the oils in in specifically then you can join my harmonize you oil addicts group where i provide a lot of education and programs and different things on that
0: and for, and for the American listeners, it's harmonized with an S and not a Z. Yeah. Um, so harmonize with an S, uh, um, harmonize you uh, on Facebook. Um, Adele, this has been magical as I knew it would. Thank you so much. We will definitely talk again, especially around um, the power of, you know, you, harnessing the moon um, yeah. for you and your life and your well-being. But for today, thank you so, so much. Much love thank to you. you. I love you. Love you.
1: Take care,
0: darling. Bye. You too. Mm, I hope you enjoyed your time with us today and you've taken away some real golden nuggets of wisdom. In the conversation with Adele, I think what really shines through is the right to choose. Choosing how you heal your body, what relationships you keep, and which ones you lovingly let go. Choosing when to say no, and how you spend your time, all in aid of improving your own physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. So are there some relationships that you may need to take a closer look at? Are there some things that you can start to say no to? Can you give yourself the space and time to find that stillness, to hear the whispers coming through? I hope so, because in that stillness, you will find the inklings of your nudge trying to connect you with the magic that awaits. Join me next week with another special guest as we continue to engage with that force always working on your behalf. If you're ready to follow your nudge, but you're feeling a bit stuck, go to my website www.kiailen.com, where I'm on Instagram at Kia Eileen underscore soul clarity or Facebook at Kia Eileen. This podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Castbox, so please subscribe and remember to follow the nudge because you never know where it may lead.